The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey gang, welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. How's it going, everybody? You enjoying enjoying this this uh, wintry mix of what feels like salt falling from the sky? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Made for some good sledding, though, man. Was it, did it turn out? It worked out oh, well? Oh, man. It was, oh, yeah, dude. I'm going to sh- shoot you guys over some pics after I, I snapped a whole bunch of my kid midair like, on jumps and stuff. Like, it was slick. Perfect. Nice. Icy. Nice. Dangerous. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go join you at the at the hill before, but it uh, wasn't in the cards for me today. What you going to do? Uh, yeah. Shredded on my jo- GT Snow Racer, man. Instead, I started playing Bounty Hunter. The old PS2 game. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do you have a PS2? Yeah. I still have it. Jesus. Yeah, 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 broke that out. Um, it's funny, you have a PS4, correct? And three. Yep, got them all. Well, I, I don't have, I think you had the PS1. I don't know what happened yeah. to that thing. Which, which is funny because um, my son wanted to, he found my old PS1 Phantom Menace game. And I was like, okay, you can try it. And it is unbelievably awful. Like just the way those old PS1 games look now on a on a 4K TV, wow! <laughs> it hurts my eyes. Like you see the pixelation a lot. It's not even that. It's just it, Minecraft looks great compared to this stuff. Like it's it's just so bizarre, and it's it's to do with like resolution of your TV and stuff like that. But man, was it tough to look at. And my son just wanted to keep playing over and over. He like he loved that old Phantom Menace game for some stupid reason. But the thing is, it's not compatible. So every time, um, every time we, we died, we'd start from the beginning again of the game, not just the level. Oh. Actually, no, you, no, you'd go back to the beginning of the level. So you could get as far into the level as you want. You die, you go to the start. And it was so frustrating. He's like, no, I want to do it again. <laughs> How many battle droids on a Trade Federation frigate can I kill? Just brutal. But <laughs> Bounty Hunters still, I love that game so much. The camera controls, I forgot how frustrating they were. Man, oh man, are they terrible. But I still love that game. <laughs> you know what's weird? Like, just mentioning old games like that. Like, I can't stop thinking lately about Rogue Squadron. I'm like, I keep thinking about how can I play this game? How can I get my hands on this game, you know? Well, don't you have our old N64? No. And you trade that too? Oh, you don't want to know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I guess that's a yes. No. No, no it's not no, a yes. That's, Dude, uh, oh, wait. Person. Yeah. It's at somebody's house. No, not even, man. It's in a... It, whatever. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> How you doing, Carlos? 
Better than Corey's N64. Uh, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, had a bit of a busy weekend, uh, but uh, things are uh, things are looking good. Anybody got any Star Wars adventures from the last week or so? Well, I can just quickly say that, like, it's awesome, man. I got my son and my girlfriend both watching not only Rebels but the Clone Wars now as well. Boom. So good. So good. Yeah, we jumped back into The Mandalorian. We're doing another rewatch of that. And we're also trying to juggle Clone Wars with that as well. We're like, I don't know, five episodes into The Clone Wars. Doing it chronologically. Not going to get anywhere close to finishing it before Season 7 premieres, but whatever. That's fine. I've, I've, you know, half of these episodes, I forgot that they even existed. So it, it's so fun to see them again. Yeah, for sure. That was the best part when I bought the box set and rewatched it. Like, as soon as I watched it once, I went right back and started from the beginning again. Yeah, it's such a fun series. I love it so much. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? Let's just, we're not going to beat around the bush. We got, there's no news, but we do have some stuff to talk about this week. But first, I want to say thank you to Steve. Um, once upon a time hosted, uh, Journals of the Willing with me. And he's, he's, Jumping on up to the Powerful Jedi level on Patreon. So, Steve, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate that. Um, yeah, man, lo- loving it. Loving that uh, Powerful Jedi level, which just keeps getting real top-heavy. Thanks so much, everybody. And uh, once again, one final time, congrats to the almighty Stu Baca for a big win in our super terrific, crazy Episode Nine quiz. And uh, yeah, Stu Baca did a great, great job, as did everybody. Uh, it was real fun to do. And I'm looking forward to doing another one at some point in the future. But yes, Stu is the recipient of a beautiful, shiny, carbonized Sith Trooper. That's going to be heading out to him real soon. Um, so yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to do. Carlos, thanks for for uh, jumping in there to, to help me go through that quiz and sort through it. Oh, man, what a blast. That was awesome. <laughs> so much fun. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and Elvis Costello, as it turns out. What do you get when you fall? <laughs> <laughs> He's perfect. That was a lot. Oh, that was fun. Not not too many not too many conflicts though this time. Like there, were, there weren't any answers where we were like, "Oh boy, man, I'm hung hung up on this one." Yeah, no, it was went, pretty it straightforward. Yeah, there was a couple questions. I was like, uh, "I don't know, I don't know." <laughs> but yeah, we we came to. We, I think we agreed pretty well on. All of the questions and and no controversy. So high fives all around. Yeah, that's a win. (laughs) That's a win. Uh, All right. Like I said, not no real news this week. Just one rumor to check in on Um, this, according to MSW. So, you know, it's it's got some weight to it. But uh, if we're going to believe MSW this week, we're going to get a revisiting of one Jar Jar Binks in the Kenobi series. How are you guys feeling about that, Corey? Hey, man, uh, I'm kind of all for it, man. Uh, like, I've had kind of a bit of a 180 on Jar Jar. I kind of really hated him when he first came out, and I was an 18-year-old little dipshit. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I, I just like you, you, you've mentioned it once before, Kyle, and just the brightness that he brings to, like, my children's eyes, most likely your children's eyes, you know, like, mm-hmm. kind of changed my, my view on him, you know? And, you know, I like movies, and he makes sense, and, you know, I would think Star Wars owes it to him and from a storytelling standpoint like that could be pretty emotional you know like 
they are they they meet right at the beginning of the Phantom Menace. Like like they go way back, man. Like Jar 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 can have some words of wisdom for him or something, you know. Like like Obi Wan's gonna be a mess. He's gonna need. Oh yeah, he's gonna be all he's gonna be all twisted up inside for sure. And who who better to bring him back out, kind of in a way, or at least you know let him know that you don't have to be too sad for too long. Well, I wonder how that how the tone of that conversation is gonna go. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that, Carlos. How do you feel about uh, potentially revisiting Jar Jar? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> no, I think, I think if I'm going to read it correctly, it's, it's not your preference, but when you have, uh, Deborah Chow directing and the powers that be that are currently doing this Disney plus stuff, you're giving them maybe the benefit of, of the doubt that, yeah, it's probably, it's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ticket. That's the ticket. <laughs> but well, I mean, that's kind of what I'm going with. Like, I this is, it's not at all, uh, not at all what I thought we'd be getting at all. Like, it's it's this. But you know what? Turns out it's the thing that I when I hear it, I'm like, yes, I I kind of need this. I I I'd love to hear it. They're supposed to have a, dis- a conversation with one another about their old times together and how it all fell apart. And that could be really cathartic, you know, to have to have Jar Jar sort of tell his side of the story, because I don't think we're gonna get like a uh, like he's not gonna be doing cartwheels into sand dunes if he's on Tatooine or or you know doing more swan dives into lakes. I don't think we're gonna get the bouncy, bubbly Jar Jar. I think you'll get like hints of it, but I think there's gonna be a, a like a, a weighing down on the character just because he's no he'll know. That whatever went down, he probably played a, a role in it. Well, think of it this way. Aside from Padme, who absolutely loved Anakin the most? Yeah. Those two characters. Yeah, for sure. And yes, yeah, so it, <laughs> it could be a really, yeah, it could be a really great conversation with those two, like turned on its ear from, from the, from the prequel days. I'd love to, I'd love to see it. I I hope it happens. And I don't expect Jar Jar to be in many of the episodes. Maybe just one. Maybe he's just kind of sort of passing through. And I would, I would almost even expect Jar Jar to know the secret. You know what I mean? Like he was that he was quite close with Padme, and kind of became a bit of a politician, so to speak. So maybe he was kind of working with them in a way as well. You know, and he knows about Luke being there. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Oh, wouldn't that be that'd be pretty cool actually. I wonder if that could somehow play into, oh God, that gets my brain thinking a bit. Like now thinking about the, uh, the new Darth Vader comic that's just firing up. I think the first issue drops in February, but the whole premise of the book is Darth Vader, uh, getting revenge on the people who air quotes corrupted Luke. So I wonder if somehow the trail traces back to Jar Jar Binks. I mean, can you imagine Darth Vader killing Jar Jar Binks? Yes. <laughs> Isn't he still alive, oh, though? F- Finally. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It, no, it wouldn't happen, though, because canonically he is alive at the end of Aftermath. So it wouldn't. Yeah. the math doesn't work out. But that would be, that would be something. Even just to, it, man. Oh, boy. Just to see those two Even on the for... page together. 
Vader seeing him, he'd probably let him live. Be like, remember the good times. Uh, I don't know that he would. Oh, he'd look at him and look at him and think of Padme and like, kill him. Just kill him. Lop off his snout in his eyes in one fail swoop. You're not making any friends here, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. We'll see how it happens. No word yet on Ahmed Best, but he's got to be back in the suit. They got to get him back. There's. It's it's almost like a Alec, uh, not uh, Ewan McGregor kind of thing. Like, get Ahmed Ahmed Best or or don't do it. So yeah, I'm I'm all in for this. It's it. I never would have thought this would happen, but I'm when I saw the rumor, I was like, I'm all in. Let's do this. Uh, all right, so let's um let's let's we'll we'll see we'll see if this ever gets uh, you know confirmed officially by Lucasfilm or if this is just something that sneaks up on us in the Kenobi series. But uh, we'll put it away for another time. And uh, let's jump into this week's topic. This will take us through to the end of the show because really is there is no news uh, this week to talk about. So we'll take this opportunity to kind of discuss the future of the Star Wars franchise from our standpoints, from our unique points of view, and, and see where it is and where we think it should go or might go in the future. Uh, so, Carlos, I'll kick it off to you first. Um, how do you view the... How do people, how do you think people perceive Star Wars as a franchise right now? Um, how people perceive, uh, oh man, there's such a, a, a wide swath of opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say people perceive it. Some people would say it's a, a tire fire. Uh, where nothing makes sense and Disney's not holding on to the true spirit of Star Wars. Um, other people would say that uh, it's just fine. It's more content. It's more than we ever thought we'd ever get. Uh, and I'm on that train. Um, some people think that everything they make is gold. Uh, so there, there's a wide variety of 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 potential answers. So I'm just going to go with what I think. I, I, it's more than I thought I'd ever get, uh, growing up as, as I look over at my VHS copies of the OT, uh, I, I imagined more star Wars and I got more than I've ever imagined. So I'm just grateful. Now, are you, are you, when you leave rise of Skywalker, Going out of that saga, do you do you feel like? I guess it's simplest for us to say, yeah, I'm ready for more. But it, do you think that the franchise is well positioned to do more? Uh, uh yeah, yes, of course. Yeah, they didn't uh, kill off uh, the 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 galaxy still uh, exists. It didn't implode on itself, um, and there's tons of backstory. Uh, if they want to go back in time. Uh, so they're definitely in a good position. All right, Corey, picking up on that, where do you, how are you feeling about Star Wars today? I feel great about Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is always going to be Star Wars to me. I mean, every bit of what they've produced so far on screen and television and every bit of media really is, no matter what it's been, even, you know, live action, new live action television show the animation 
all very kind of different, but they all kind of have this essence of Star Wars about them, you know. So I think you know it's 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 in good hands. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's still kind of processing the rise of Skywalker. You know, I'm still on that boat as well. I can't wait to see it again, man. Uh, but yeah, I think it's the future's kind of bright, man. Yeah, I, well, I want to think the future is bright. And I, I think I do think the future is bright. But I, I feel like there's a sentiment out there that Star Wars has just become one of the gang, so to speak. Like 30, 40, you know, 40 years ago, it was Star Wars and nothing else. And And I guess in large part, because of Star Wars, it helped spawn all these other franchises into big, you know, multi-movie franchises. But I feel like now, with so many choices, so much cool stuff out there, both streaming and on the big screen, I feel like Star Wars is now, to 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 the masses, just another, just yeah, just an, just another one of, of many choices out there. That that it definitely has the legacy that no other franchise has. Um, so there's more of a of a, a promise there that it can be more. But I think today people are just like, yeah, it's Star Wars. It's cool. Whatever. Let's go see something yeah. else. I'm kind of on the same page there. Like the general public has kind of always enjoyed Star Wars films, I would think. You know, like they're fans. We're fans. But I mean, I don't want to say that there's a difference. But some people like do podcasts and stuff. You know, like we have uh, opinions and we're just really into this stuff. You know, so but the uh, the general fan base, people who just want to go have a good time at the theater just are just like this is the same old fun Star Wars, you know. Like this is yeah. why I come to see Star Wars. Like they they get on board the train, kind of, and there there is that it's it's Disney and Lucasfilm's responsibility to kind of build the hype, and I think we're gonna get to that sooner in the podcast. But there could be ways to market things that you know make Star Wars, like you said, Kyle, this legacy franchise that kind of stands at the top of the of the ladder, right, of the pyramid. When you say just oh yeah, there's all kinds of cool content out there, but like it's it's it may not be at the top anymore, but it's it's vying for the top anyhow. Yeah, I I think it's well yeah, it's always at the top of the conversation anyway. I, but I don't know if it's if it's necessarily the the gold standard of movie franchises anymore. Like I for me it is, and it probably always will be. Um, I just. I think, you know, as sort of, as we move into these uncharted waters for Star Wars, you know, uh, how much of Star Wars allure is due to nostalgia and how much of it is is due to people genuinely interested in Star Wars movies, fun Star Wars movies with great stories. Um I I think I think it's in desperate need of a new era, so to speak. Like this, you know, this this nine-part saga spread over like two or three generations of people, it's it's you know for all of us. I'm speaking for all of us here. Like a huge, significant, significant piece of our lives. But you know, it means so many different things to so many different people. Um, yeah. Like I, I guess what while the hope and intention was, you know, for, for it to have been this cohesive, unifying thing for all people, I don't know that it is that. You know, or, or at least not for as many people as you would want. But that said, like this is a great opportunity uh, for them to sit back and, and you know, Disney and Lucasfilm for them to kind of sit back and assess what Star Wars is, 
and like how can they re-envision it for a new era yeah that's it like i'm on the same page there man like so i was saying before the future is bright in the sense that we have this new streaming service uh the skywalker saga is done so i don't know we we just have so much to look forward to that's going to be new and fresh and hopefully different you know yeah i mean it's well, that's the thing, right? It's it's how can Star Wars be different yet the same? Because that's one of the things that was constantly criticized or a criticism aimed at Star Wars across the sequel trilogy is that, oh, it's too much the same. Oh, it's too different now. Oh, they went back and did comfortable again. Like It, it seems like there's – I don't know if, if, if that happy medium is attainable. Well, one thing we can be sure of just going back a bit to – like how we feel about all this, you know, one thing to take, not take for granted is if you really look at all the projects that we've had thus far, uh, the amount of talent that has been procured along the way, man, is it's unheard of, man. Like think about some of the directors and writers and actors that they've been able to get together in this short amount of time. Like that alone lets me know that they're willing to invest in star wars and you know let these stories be told for the most part well i'm also a fr- i'm a fr- you know that's great like they've definitely uh, you know built up a stable of talent i'm afraid of how much talent they may have scared off during this this little bit of a tire fire over the last three four years yeah well you look at it i mean look at the mandalorian for example like look at all the directors they had on that like taika uh, Bryce Howard, you know, like Deborah Chow. It was incredible, man. Like these people aren't going to back down. Like there's so much room, especially if they continue via this, the streaming service, like for so many talented directors to come to the fore a bit. Well, I wonder if, if the streaming services, like those show, the Mandalorian, Kenobi, Cassie Nandor, etc. I wonder if these shows become almost like a farm team type environment what do you think carlos could you think that could be like one of the plans here is to, is to take this talent at the disney plus level and cultivate it and eventually graduate it to or potentially graduate to the the big screen i i i believe that can happen but i don't think that's the plan uh right now i think they have an idea of what's good for the big screen and uh, what stories are going to be told on the streaming service? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think it's 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 that fluid right now, unless they come up with a character uh, in a show, and that character stimulates and and lights a fire uh, under the fandom to the point where maybe a movie might be merited. But at that same point. The, the entry level to that character is already on the streaming service. So why not keep them on the streaming service and keep people glued there? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, the dude, response to Baby Mando Yoda has been so, it? I mean, like the response to, to Mando and Baby Yoda has been immense. You could almost imagine like if, if they came out tomorrow and said, uh, yeah, John Favreau is going to direct uh, a Mandalorian movie. I think my reaction would be like, oh, really? I'm kind of happy with them on Disney Plus. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel like the if you're going to bring a movie, give me something bigger and newer with the movie. 
I don't know if that's a stupid reaction or not, but I feel like that would that would be my my knee jerk. Yeah, give us the Mando versus Jedi War. Yeah, that's uh, that's a shot I was calling, but I'm gonna have to wait a, wait a bit longer for that one. I but think that's, that's that's tough because you're talking about a war. Like, does the war last uh, two hours? You know, like what leads up to the war? Like. Um, yeah, it could it could be like a saga, man. It's it could yeah. If if you're gonna do a saga, okay, fine, do a saga, a series of movies. Um, but that to me seems like that's that's like a ten episode miniseries to me. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they have the streaming service right at their fingertips now. And I think there's gonna be a big difference going forward. You know, uh, Bob Iger has kind of said things in the past about having maybe put too much out there at the same time. And, you know, Rogue One did exceptionally well. And Solo, you know, did okay. But they were both amazing movies. But I think it's going to be the inverse where you're going to see, like, Solo, we might get on the streaming service now. But I don't think they want things to get too convoluted on screen in the cinemas anymore. You know what I mean? Like, if they're going to do something in the cinemas... They're going to stick with one project where they're not overlapping, where the general audience is going to be like, what Star Wars movie is this again? Like, I don't even care anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of could possibly what could happen if they're crossing over too much on screen with, uh, say, they got a saga going on and then they're like, oh, we also have this series of films going on. Well, Either that, keep the series true. of films on screen or the, a new saga on screen and keep your one-offs and these different projects on the, the streaming service so they don't overlap and just confuse people anymore. That That is true because there was no shortage of, of people who were like, when Rogue One came out, they're like, well, wait a second. That's where are the people from the last movie? Well, no, no, this one takes place bef- before the first movie from 30 years ago. What? <laughs> like people were kind of confused by that. Like we joked about it. Like, how could you be confused? But people were genuinely scratching their heads going, wait, I don't understand the timeline. I still have a, uh, people asking me like, well, how's baby like, you know, Yoda, how come he's a baby? And I'm like, it's not Yoda. <laughs> like now watch on. it turn out to be Yoda. <laughs> uh, a, cl- a clone of, okay, whatever loophole. Who knows? Just imagine if it turns out to be Yoda. You know, what's funny about the, the whole baby Yoda thing is that we've seen like over time, we've seen like, here's what young Yoda, Yoda would look like. And he's got like this, he's got red hair and a top knot and his face is way smoother. But baby oh, Yoda. Yeah, smooth Yoda is. Oh. That's creepy as hell. But baby Yoda just looks like Yoda. The eyes are dark. He's smaller, but he still has like frizzled white hair. So I don't know if those creatures ever have hair that <laughs> is not white and, and actually Yaddle had it. Maybe the males, maybe the males just always end up with frazzled Thin white hair. Anyway, so like now we're putting we're in the process of sort of putting the Skywalker saga to rest, and it's you know amidst all the successes and achievements of the last five years, I think it's fair to say there are some sobering realities that that need to be taken into account. Like we've learned that Star Wars is still really popular, but it's not bulletproof anymore. Like we may have thought that oh it's Star Wars you know. It, just make it and people will show up. And that that's not necessarily true anymore. Like there's like I said before, there's there's more quality competition on every platform than ever before, which is a good thing. It it only means that Lucasfilm 
has to raise their game like continually and always be examining what they're doing and refining what, what they're doing. Um, so I, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I, I, I think that like whatever misgivings and, and critiques that fans have of like modern era, like Disney star Wars, like I said, the, the promise of what star Wars can be, I think is still uh, really strong. But then again, like people have those like really fixed ideas of what star star Wars should be. And they'll yell really loudly and, and incessantly <laughs> if, if that belief isn't validated. So I don't know if there's ever, I don't know if Disney Lucasfilm can get around that. I don't know oh, if they, they can they ever never take that will, away. Man. You think people always will always carry forward. Like this is, oh, this is not star Wars to me. Like not hashtag, not my star Wars. Is that something oh. they need to worry about that? For sure, man. I mean, this is uh, I mean, I've I'm not that new to social media anymore, but just watching like Carlos said earlier the dumpster fire the fandoms become. It's so many people are just so petulant and toxic, man. It's oh god, like get over yourself. Like, ah. <laughs> oh. Seriously, like I'm passionate about Star Wars, you know, and sometimes I just I want to write people back and you know just give them these backhanded comments but don't, i just don't I can't. do it don't do it I just don't do it man i don't do it but some of the comments just i had i for this this week i had to block two people man i was just like i cannot stand you anymore your your opinion is garbage oh boy i thought yeah, we weren't like gonna Carlos talk now. about i thought you were i gonna... know it's I thought you were going to tell me what you said. You were going to, what you did about Rick's Twitter presence, Corey. <laughs> you just let that right out there. Jeez. And Dave, Dave too. They're not going to be happy to hear this. I love those guys. <laughs> no, they're in the clear. No, we're going to have to talk but after. No, I want to. I want to uh, know who you just blocked. That's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, enough is enough. You know. No, I mean, in all seriousness, like my my block and mute, and, and uh, you know those functions that Twitter give to us to make our Twitter experience, what we want it to be. They've been getting a workout and <clears throat> magically my timeline's getting a little bit better day by day. You know, like say what you will of the movies. If you say, if you come on Twitter and be like, well, you know, the uh, Disney era star Wars isn't Canon to me. So, or, or just declaring that it's not actually Canon, like not even in my opinion, it's just, if you come out with this is not canon. You're gone. You're out. Yeah. You're out. I'm sorry. You you're in a different version of reality, and you cannot be on my timeline. Canon. You, you cannot deny canon. <laughs> anyway, like between those who who haven't it, like entrenched ideas, and, and you know people who spent like years cracking the code and and convincing themselves of yeah you know, an eventuality uh, or an outcome only to have it blow up in their faces and then get mad about it. Like, I, I don't know what to do with these groups. And, and I don't know how, I don't know if you, if Lucasfilm sets out to try to please them or do they just ignore them completely? I don't know. Carlos, what do you think? Do you, do you try to somehow reach out to these people in some way, regardless of what their qualms are? Or do you just tell the story and let the chips fall where they may? Tell the story and let the sh let the chips fall where they may. There's no re there's no reaching out is an exercise in futility. 
because you can't reach out to everyone. So somebody's going to be aggrieved by the fact that you did not reach out to them specifically for their little need. That I need this to be fulfilled because my mommy didn't hug me. <laughs> and it's, you can't do that. So they're in the, the business of making movies. They're not in the business of making bitches happy. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I have to say that I think to some degree they're at least listening. And I think the rise of Skywalker is no, they definitely listen. proof of that. They definitely no, they listen. listen. But, but they're listening to, to, to valid criticism, not whining. They don't listen to the whining. All that echo chamber stuff. Well, well, you know what it is? What's funny is that a lot of people from the whiny side after The Last Jedi, I feel like they've won kind of that Disney yeah. listened to them and they got what they wanted. Yeah. A, cl- a broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, it's like, uh, Hey, every once in a while, the yo-yo comes back up and they feel like a champ. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure when the wind blows, right. The propeller on the top of their cap turns too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They were listening to me. We did it. There's a, we did it. Everybody. There's, a, there's also a whole su- subset of fans who, uh, are just angry at everything. So, whatever. Well, yeah, there's there's a group of people who decided in 2012 when Disney took over that they hate this. And, it's all garbage. And they've maintained that for seven years. And then there's those people who saw The Last Jedi and their their man crush at Luke seem to like they didn't they didn't watch a whole movie to understand what he becomes they were just mad that ryan johnson made him walk away from the from from everything actually jj did but yeah (laughs) yeah no you're right you're right no but ryan is the one who put that backstory because all uh, yes i know know what you mean luke could have been there doing something and ryan chose to, to, to to portray it in that sense in in that way yeah, because uh, I, I think for a lot of people, if Ryan had just if 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 Ray had handed Luke the lightsaber at the beginning of Last Jedi, and Luke had been like, "Let's go," and they just get back on the Falcon and go back into battle, I think those people would have been like, "Yay!" Without like even- Ryan Johnson writes that right into the script. What what Luke responds to her saying like, "What do you expect me to do?" You know, like yeah. yeah. Anyway. Or, or but if, if if Luke was there training and reading the books. And and trying to come up with a plan, like JJ put him on that rock, but Ryan is the one who 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 who's left with the dirty task of of making him want to walk away from everything. You know, yeah, uh, he, he, he had to come other ways too. That he was stuck there, like that X-wing that got yeah, they, yeah, they could have been yeah, his ship got stuck and whatever, blah blah blah. But anyways, my whole point was that there were people who saw that and. No matter what um, the next movie was going to be, it was going to be better than The Last Jedi. There are those people who... Or that Star Wars was garbage altogether now. Sure. Yeah, that's what we just said that about the people who were bashing the Disney purchase. But but so, so there's those people who hated everything Last Jedi. So at this point, uh, JJ saved Star Wars. And there's those people who dug themselves in so deeply with the Ryan Johnson love that what came after uh, 
what JJ had to what JJ had to do was going to be garbage because people love drawing lines in the sand as if as if a wave can't like just erase that they're like so short-sighted oh man that that it's like oh they they gotta die on every little hill and it's stupid well because there's so many factions now right so everybody uh, you have that written down here factions i can see it like almost like anchorman style you know like Pretty much news crews. Pretty much a bunch of dorks showing up to, to, you know, to fight about Star Wars. And you're right, Carlos. We've everybody's kind of drawn drawn their line in the sand. And here's the hill I'm going to die on. And I'm going to take my victory laps in April and May and June with every image and interview. And I'm like, I'm rubbing my temples. I'm like, oh boy, (laughs) oh no. And there's there's a great GIF out there, and it's only it's in crap resolution. And I think of it every time I think about Star Wars fans and their theories and when they get slapped out of their hands. It's it's think back to I think an old NFC championship game, or maybe it was even the Super Bowl. It's Leon Lett. He's running back towards the Bills end zone, and Don Beebe catches up from behind and slaps the ball out of his hand at the one yard line. I remember that. And that like Leon Lett's running, he's got the football, and he's starting to do a little victory dance as he's getting close to the end zone. And here comes Don Beebe, and he just smacks the ball right out of his hand at the one. And I'm like, "That's that, that's J- Don Beebe is J.J. Abrams. That's what they just did. <laughs> he smacked the ball out right when you thought you were going to score. And it's embarrassing when that happens. And so, you know, anyway, we've got we've we've been in a tire fire of in fandom online for literally years now. It's been at least two. If we're being honest, probably three. And I, I just, I don't know to what extent. Like I know Lucasfilm listens to this stuff. I don't know if they put any stock in it whatsoever. I really don't. I'd like. I think they'd like to calm the waters, man, so that you know like people do what to the water? They, calm them. Oh, calm them. Okay, I heard something else. <laughs> like calm the waters, just so you know one. A faction doesn't necessarily become so. They can't. What? Uh, how? They, how can they do that? When every when somebody sees you as the bad guy, there's nothing you can do. Like someone's gonna be mad at you. You gotta issue a letter. I don't think <laughs> they can do anything. I just think they have to just let let the you know you you drop a you know a, a boulder in a lake, makes huge waves for a minute, and then and then give it a few minutes, and it it chills out again. I think they just got to do fandom. that. Dear fandom, be cool, kitties. Be cool. No, us nerds, we can't be. We can't do that. <laughs> but I'm you, cool. But, you know, as as a you know, Disney's a fairly conservative company. You know, and and they want their subsidiaries to to generate a lot of money. So I don't know if, like, to to what extent does online discourse correlate to business success like i i tend to think that uh, online uh, discourse about star wars is closer to a tempest in a teapot rather than general moviegoer discourse you know so maybe this what's going on in, on in social media is just not that important but or maybe it is i don't know but somehow they're they're listening and they're paying attention to all this stuff and i'd be very curious to know 
how they kind of plug that into their matrix and what do they do with that information? Do they decide to like, does it influence at all what their, what projects they take on or how they, how they do that? I, I, I'd be fascinated. I'd be, I'd love to know that. I miss the good old days where you could slip, like just gently slip a brick into a glove and challenge somebody to a duel. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, the answer, so life's, yeah, the answer to all of life's problems is a Bugs Bunny. <laughs> it's it's just a Bugs Bunny gif. <laughs> a brick to the head. So, oh, some people, man. <laughs> Kyle, t- just touching back on what you just said, I think uh, our proof to that, when I all believe that, is when we finally get word and confirmation that Ryan Johnson's trilogy or saga movie is a go. 100%. You know, when it said, like, this is the date, it's happening, Ryan Johnson's still on board, that's when I'll believe that. Well, okay, look, they announced that he was on board. They haven't announced that he's not. So why would you assume that he's not? Because it's Star Wars. And, like, uh, so it's... many directors have, and writers have come and gone at this point. Yeah, like, and they've gone. Lord but... and Miller, problem, gone. Okay, Colin so Trevor, next... problem gone. But why? Why would they? If if the guy's gone, he's gone. They're gonna announce it. Like, why are they holding back that news? It makes no sense, guys. Come on. Well, then, I heard Robin we Brad we, we talk about the it next on, movies planned they, out. Right? They talked about it on on Talk Star Wars. It makes no sense. If he's gone, they're gonna announce that he's gone. They're not gonna hold that news back. Why assume that he's gone and that they didn't announce it yet? It doesn't make sense. I haven't heard the episode yet, but what I, I what I would say is they, if they've parted ways, and I don't think they have, because Ryan Johnson is still hanging out on on Mandalorian sets, he's still sniffing around. He'd not be allowed anywhere near if he was actually out of the family. So, if for for argument's sake, if he was out officially, the only reason why they'd not tell us is because of that online segment who want him out so badly. If they announce that he's out, then they go, we won. Yeah, exactly. We did it. We we. This is how we influence Lucasfilm. We be dickbags about it for two consecutive years. That's how you do it. That's how you get Lucasfilm's attention. We won. That's the only reason they would not announce it. So, so when they haven't announced Ryan's project now, it's they, you know it was 2017 when they announced this trilogy. It's 2020 and, and we've gotten no further info. And not only that, they've also announced the next... A series of films were what 2022, 24, and 26, and originally Benioff and Weiss were set to direct them. So, unless you had films in offsetting years, like when's where's the schedule here? That's what I'm saying with these guys off the project. I really hope Ryan Johnson's helming the next along with Kevin Feige. I think it's the Kevin Feige, I think that's the Kevin Feige series that's coming. I'm pretty sure that's well, what we'll be talking about. Yeah, that but he's not week, a right? writer or a director. Like he's going to probably just oversee the. And that's perfect. Yeah. What, I, what's, what's better than that? Yeah. Him and Ryan working together. I, I, I would love that. Well, uh, Ryan has his own sort of producer in Ram Bergman. So I, I mean, yeah, I guess you could have Feige still executive produce that series, that movie and not step on Bergman's toes. Anyway. Um, Anyways, all, all I'm saying is. There, there's, there's fun ways to, there's fun ways to speculate about things, but 
to, to really go and stretch. It, it's funny. It's it's a, a lot of people are like, oh, they pull, they tried to pull this off in the movie, but they didn't earn it. Like it wasn't earned. But then you go out on a limb and try to stretch so thin to say that, oh, well, they didn't give us any more news about Ryan Johnson. Uh, so he was probably fired, but they're not telling us for X, Y, and Z reason. How thin is that? So you're, that that whole theory is not earned. Like it's it's I mean I mean to this point it's actually silly. It's it's really it's it's silly to the point where how seriously do you want me to take your opinion at that point? You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at Robin Brad. I'm just saying that I mean they, they were kind of sensible in the way they, they 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 tried to approach it. But there's there's people who who are going out. Beyond beyond the ice wall, they're hanging off the edge of the planet right now. Well, yeah, they, I mean they they see the the well the initial response to Ryan's movie, and the the discourse surrounding that and all that we all we've been through that a million times, and in the subsequent two plus years, there's been no further news, and they see that as a, a, another red flag. And now the latest rumor surrounding Ryan is that he's. He's going to be writing and directing the sequel to Ni- a, a, a Knives Out sequel. Not even that. Like I've heard a series of films now for the Knives Out, uh, at least for Daniel Craig's character. Yeah. So, and and that's another log on the fire for them, where they say, well, if he's doing this, if he's committing to that sort of film universe franchise, whatever, if he's building that up, he's he's not doing Star Wars, unless that is not going to happen till like a decade from now. Or, or you know, he's he's easing off the throttle, and he'll write some Star Wars movies. And in between Knives Out movies, he'll write, and he's not going to get near the camera again. There's there's lots of ways it could go, but you're right, Carlos. Until they tell us one way or the or another about Ryan Johnson, it's it's all speculation. There's 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 nothing more to say about that. I mean, we we don't we know we know nothing. Except for when people bug Ryan enough, he just says, "Yeah, yeah, I'm still talking to them." Even when he does say that, people just say, "Well, he's he's uh, he's deflecting. He's just not addressing the real situation." I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found myhealthpolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. Anyway, uh, bringing it back to Star Wars and the future of, um, I, I don't know if it's realistic, you know, for the person who who wants to Star Wars to make him or her feel like a ten year old again. Like, 
as people now, like I'm in my forties, Carlos, you just hit 40. Corey, you're a year off. I, I, I we all had a spe- that specific feeling when we first saw Star Wars that kind of reeled us in forever. I don't think once you've lived with Star Wars for X amount of time, there's no, I don't think there's any going back. Like I don't really expect that any Star Wars movie ever in my life again will make me feel like I did when I first saw it. And I still think people out there chase that feeling. And it's, it's, I think that can only lead to mostly disappointment. I don't know. I don't think it's unattainable. I think to expect it is disappointment, but, uh, the least, the last thing I ever expected to make me feel that way again was rebels. Like some of the new twists and turns and knowledge and, uh, galaxy building that that show offered just, made i sat there cross-legged like head in hands watching these episodes you know yeah but still like i i know what you mean because i guess we all find our angle to it and, and you know especially with all this new stuff something's going to strike harder than others but boy to to go into it going boy i sure hope it, it makes me feel like it did 35 years ago when i was just a little kid that's borderline unfair yeah big time i mean even the excitement we just had surrounding the mandalorian right like that too maybe i don't know same kind of deal i was very very excited for that and each episode that came i was there with either you know i waited for my son almost every time and watching it with him and my my girlfriend and my family like it was emotional it was fun and i don't know i just i did feel almost like a kid again I will agree that that's but, probably the closest. That, but that it's I wasn't expecting that either. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I had nothing. I had no idea what to expect with this series, but the lightheartedness of it added well, I to think, it. I think you said something very key there is that you had no idea what to expect. And I think that's super critical because with Skywalker movies, I think we kind of did know what to expect or what we wanted to expect or what we thought we'd get. And I think that baggage holds the movies down or holds the experience down. So I I think getting away from that is so crucial for these next movies. So crucial. Because like, like from what, 77 to 2019, like Star Wars has primarily been this, this movie going experience. And yes, there's been a bunch of other stuff, books and shows on TV and whatever but nothing came close to moving the needle like like the build up to a movie and then seeing it for the first time and and the whole social aspect of it then like last year um well i just want to say touch on that Kyle lately i think disney's listening to that now in the sense we like we were just touching upon cinema versus home viewings that's where it's kind of at now and i think they're going to take their time now more with the cinema experience you know to exploit that numbers wise yeah because I, I think well i've always said i've maintained it's 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 verging on tinfoil hat theory stuff but i think that when they shelved the standalone concept after after solo kind of didn't work out for them the way they thought i think the the internal decision there is that these standalones are not like we're two for two on like very problematic productions. 
And so they're, they're just not worth it. So let's, we're going to put them aside and Star Wars is going to just be like the, these, these, uh, tentpole movies, epic event movies, not standalones. Like we're not going to squeeze the lemon with standalones anymore. When Star Wars comes to the big screen, it's going to be a big deal. And I think they want to, that, that's one way to kind of maintain the brand is not allow these smaller stories to come onto the big screen. And I don't want to say sully the brand because that's not what I mean, but um, allow the narrative to shape that. Well, you know, they, they put this little tiny Star Wars movie up there and uh, well, you know, it, it's again, it's like the Doctor Strange versus Infinity War type scope. You know what I mean? Like one is obviously something to line up for and the other is like, well, when when does it hit Netflix? Maybe I'll catch it then. Yeah, for sure. I think Rogue One had the uh, fortune of being the first standalone ever. Granted, it was an amazing story, an amazing movie, but like you said, Kyle, it was troubled in production. It made its money back big time. Han Solo didn't necessarily have that opportunity for some strange reason. I still they, can't they explain made it. Their, they made their money back, by the way, Han Solo. They, yeah, they, they made Solo it back. Solo wasn't in the red. No, I agree. You're right. After marketing and all that and DVD sales, probably they, uh, they've gotten a piece of their pie back. They didn't go into the black. You're right. Or into the red, whatever. Well, anyway, but like you said, Corey, with Disney plus now in the mix, they can now take all those ideas that maybe were designed. Like we're, we're at one time, at one time envisioned as standalones and re-envision them for as, as Disney plus series. Like that's another yeah, big time. great arrow in the quiver that Lucasfilm can can use to expand the galaxy and and keep I mean keep refining the technology for sure, but also keep telling new stories out there. Like, and like we just mentioned earlier, it gives the them the ability to possibly hire all these new uh, writers and directors, give everybody a little kick at the can, kind of. With the recent success of The Mandalorian as well, it totally gives them the green light to go ahead with multiple different projects at the same time, you know? Yeah. I think it's it's also it, it's also a little misguided to to shy away from the big screen um and not take any type of chance. Like you can't just go through life just playing it safe constantly. Because look, John Favreau He's for eight episodes of The Mandalorian spent how much? Hundred million? Hundred yeah, hundred million or hundred and twenty, something like that. Yes, yeah, so hundred let's say hundred ten. Okay, call it in the middle. So you're not that far away from a movie. And and you're you're hoping that people are gonna come back for the second season. Or that they're gonna stay on I, I guess their their hope is that people will stay on the streaming service for the next eight to ten months until season two comes in, and that move that money per subscriber per month would maybe equal uh, I don't know I'm not I'm not ma- I'm not a mathematician so like I I can't a definite number on it, but maybe that's worth more to them uh, in the bottom line. But 
you st- you're if you're in the film in- you're in the film business you should be in the business of making movies maybe star wars to them isn't for the big screen anymore no i, I see it like for the big screen we had just mentioned earlier like i think they're really going to keep to the either a series of films like we heard sagas epics some some form of long form storytelling we're not just getting the the spin-off films and the uh, the one-offs that will be saved for the streaming service. Okay, yeah, I see that. Well, you like, know what? In, in the eight-year span between 1981 and 1989, I had like we're talking about Ryan Johnson and he's doing the 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 Knives Out stuff. Like, however, did Steven Spielberg find the time during his Indiana Jones trilogy to make? E.T., Poltergeist, the Twilight Zone movie, The Color Purple, The Goonies, Empire of the Sun, always. And then there's 1991, onward. Cocaine, man. Cocaine. You know what the answer probably is? Cocaine. Well, (laughs) that probably goes without saying in the 80s, but I, I bet you he'd say the answer is a good producer. Well, he he actually uh, out of those movies that I I, I named you, uh, he the only ones he didn't produce were the Indiana Jones ones because he directed and produced the others. So there's, so, all, there's all, usually multiple producers on a movie, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like uh, you look at uh, and the Goonies, he was actually a second uh, uncredited second unit director. Uh, and, uh, also, uh, for the Poltergeist movie, he actually wrote and produced it, but it was directed by Toby Hopper. So it's like the Goonies uh, is the best, eh, Carlos? Sure. Whatever. But the, the <laughs> point, my point, my point is you're not, you can't like the Dungeons and Dragons guys stepped away because they have a deal with Netflix, a, a more lucrative deal, but it's not just because it's a deal. It's an exclusivity deal. And they walked away. They walked away from less money from Disney to get more money from Netflix. Ryan Johnson doesn't have an exclusivity deal with the Knives Out movie people, so he can do one and the other. I, we've talked about this before. He can write whatever he wants to write on his days off. Where yeah, he's, he's not, definitely already started writing, or at least yes, has an of idea. Of course, of course. So the the. You know, it's I, I just I just find it. It's I just it's like a, to have some news about swallow. it. Yeah, no, everybody wants news, but guess what? You get it when you get it, bro. Yeah, I don't want it to be twenty thirty though. That's Stop kind of my point. Stop crying, you know I mean? Corey. Stop crying. <laughs> it's it's the whole saga thing with the 2022, 24, the, 26. Like, what does that mean? Ocean, like, the ocean is salty enough without your tears added to it. Hey man, Let's, I might not be here anymore. Okay, so then to... maybe you should quit smoking. I have make oh. better life choices. <laughs> Anything can happen. Okay, regardless, I just want to know when we can expect something from him. That's not too much to ask. Well, it is. We've they're, they're telling us at some point this month what that twenty twenty two movie would be, and so you can you can cross your fingers and toes, Corey. Hope that it's actually Ryan Johnson, and we've just not heard anything yet. If that's if that's what your hope is, then you know. If yeah, that's what you're better, to be honest, but I, I would say if that's what your your hope is, 
then you should learn to let go of the things you can't control. Well, definitely. Like, uh, and from the news that we heard that this new saga might be around the, what was it, the High Republic era? Something like that. I definitely don't see Ryan writing something like that. Why not? Why? why? I mean, like, is this, I, I mean, I think the only thing you're, the only reason why you're saying that is because you're attached to the idea that Ryan's going to write the very beginning of the Jedi. Maybe not necessarily the very beginning, but something a little more complex. But we have the, actually, you know, if this film does go to the unknown regions, like we've, like they were speculating as well, um, that, uh, that could be, that could have his stank all over it. It could. I mean, he he could be one of the forces behind the scenes of this. I, we don't know. But until Lucasfilm says, you know what, we've parted ways with Ryan Johnson, um, it, it could be that thing. It could be this. This could be, you know, with him, if the rumors about him going forward with uh, Knives Out 2 and a whole universe surrounding that, this could be like Benioff and Weiss 2.0, where he's, you know, they took on a Netflix deal and suddenly... They're done with Lucasfilm. You know what I almost sometimes honestly feel the way it is? Like the, the way that the, the fandom is so volatile at times, I feel like they're just kind by, of by biding times, their time. you mean on days that end in Y? Pretty much. I just feel like they're, they, they didn't want to throw gas on the fire so immediately after so many other dumpster fires kind of multiple at the same time. So I feel like they're just kind of waiting till a point where they can kind of say where they feel that uh again the waters have calmed a bit well yeah oh I mean, it, it goes... you guys are never gonna believe this Uh-oh. uh oh this just in it's just in i need to go blow my nose i'll be right back <laughs> well Corey, it, it goes to what um we were, we were saying a few minutes ago about does lucasfilm pay attention to discourse and if if they look at you know th- there's a group of people who think that the last jedi and ryan johnson walk on water and there's a group of people that think he should never, ever utter the words Star Wars again. What do you do? Yeah, it's kind of a bit of a difficult decision. You don't want to, you don't want to show weakness as, like Carlos had kind of mentioned something about that earlier. You don't want to, you don't uh, want to, you don't want to appear that, no matter you're what. You're servicing like, this toxicity, basically. When people complain loudly enough, I think you said it, Kyle, like the people complain loudly enough and blah, 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 look, look at me, I'm banging my drum. And you don't want to be people to think that that's the solution to problems because it's not. Right. Of course. It's, it's definitely, that's just not the way to go about it. And they would not want to. You know, I think the best way to go about it would be for a company to say, hey, you know what? Let's let you swim for a bit on your own. You know, you're still on contract. We still want you, but go out there and prove yourself well, again. He, he's pro- and he just not, he did. doesn't have anything to prove. No, he doesn't. But his recent movie has caused some big waves. It's, uh, yeah, it's like I haven't 200, seen it, unfortunately, but I heard it's amazing. It, it's grossed like 250 million bucks on like a 30 million or 40 million dollar budget. Incredible. I love this guy. So again, like, if they come out and say, tw- like this week, and Ryan's movies ago, you'll have all the people that think he walks on water, jumping for joy, and you'll have that that other segment who spent two years dumping kerosene all over, all over fandom, will be outraged, and they will just spend the next two two and a half, almost three years, being dicks. 
there's no other way to put it. They will devote their lives, their online presence to being dicks. And and Star Lucasfilm does not need or want that noise as they prepare a new era. So I don't know. And I, I you know, we talk about um JJ and, and Terrio trying to like please everybody by compromising like for example the Raylo thing. Would Disney try and do or Lucasfilm try and do that with, with Ryan Johnson? Well, okay, he's not gonna direct, but we'll get him to write. Huh? Is that better? <laughs> will that make will that make everybody happy? It, probably not. It'll probably make everybody angry because he's involved and how dare you? And also he's not directing. How dare you? He did a great job. I don't I I don't know. I I, I don't know how they tackle this situation because it's just like it's so factionalized. I don't know how they navigate these waters other than you know they just do it ignore the online discourse and hopefully let the content speak for itself exactly that's the best way to go about it like hire these quality creators and like you say kyle you know they gotta have some kind of plan and direction as to what star wars is per se but same time yeah man like just you you can't can't listen to anyone really you just got to write the art man and let it be it is what it is let the chips fall where they may yeah i mean for us it's easy to say right but there's no it's not that's like super hard to say because it's a really tough pill to swallow when you don't like a star wars film oh for sure yeah but when you know we're sitting here saying well what do they do well the best we can come up with is just make make the movie and let the rest sort itself out that's all we've got but i don't know if it's you know again as as a as a a company with with huge financial targets i don't know if i don't know is sort of the answer that they're going to go with anyway like sticking sticking with sort of like the, the whole cinematic experience of star wars thing like last year like well before Disney Plus launched, like Bob Iger said that they, you know, we're not doing movies direct to streaming. We're not going to do that. We love creating movies. We love that movie going experience. But you got to imagine that that Disney Plus and the Mando have like opened their eyes at the the possibilities that that platform offers. So if if you look at beyond 2022, like beyond that, no way. I don't think it's happening, man. Like right away, like. Movies, Star Wars movies, streaming, no go. Series, yes. Movies, no. I would I unless agree it's that, like a holiday special. I agree that it's for the next couple of years. Like there's the twenty twenty two, twenty four, twenty six movies. There's no way that that those go to streaming to start. But the day is coming, and it's it's it will happen where direct to home cinematic releases become reality it's coming it's happening like it's you know 25 years ago when people were sort of getting used to the whole internet thing and you know people were talking about the future of retail and oh boy shipping to home direct to home is is happening nah it's not happening we can't you got to go to the store we're here and it's the same thing with the movie going experience eventually you're going to be able to i don't know through who but you will be able to have a movie on its opening night streamed straight to your house. You won't have to leave the house. See, I don't know. Well, I mean, yes, I can have his benefits, but 
certain movies that I think I want to have that cinematic experience in the theaters, you know, with the smell of popcorn and whatever. If not, then whoever's house I go to see it has to have like a, a minimum 87 inch TV, <laughs> uh, killer sound system, <laughs> the smell of popcorn, maybe some leather couches, you know? No, but you're also, you're, yeah. And I'm in the same boat, but you know, we're going to get echo chambery here because there are, People in the era of, of streaming music who are completely satisfied with a shitty pair of earbuds and crappy MP3 quality music to, to listen to on the bus or wherever. Like, it's kind of the same parallel with movies. Like, I don't, I'll watch a movie on my, on my phone. It's fine by me. At least I'll get to see it. And when you offer them the possibility of not having to leave the house and watch that movie from their home, you bet your ass they're going to take it. Not everybody. Not you. Not me. At least with a Star Wars movie, but somebody will. And, but and that day is coming. I, for sure, it's coming. Man, <laughs> hopefully not for Star Wars. It's already happened for other movies. Well, I, I imagine like, you'll have the choice. Like if you want to go see it in the cinema, you can. But you can also, for a price, stream it home. Popcorn is magical. There's just something great. There's the, this great thing about pop, like that smell of movie popcorn. Yeah, the theater, it's true. It's like it activates. Uh... Yeah, and, and the thing is that if you eat enough of it, you'll get the popcorn farts. Oh, no. And they're then... so bad. <laughs> but they actually still smell of popcorn. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to know what Christmas is like in your place anymore. <laughs> we don't eat popcorn here during Christmas. <laughs> you know, you know, you don't do it the whole like Bing Crosby way. No, no, my tree is uh, my tree is gorgeous, so I, I don't uh, I don't do any of those paper stupid cutout thingies or uh, like who wraps garland around the tree? Freaking animals! <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> bows bows are for presents, not for your Christmas tree. Never has been more like this is the deepest darkest shade that we have ever thrown at anybody ever animals with their garland on their tree <laughs> <laughs> i made fun of my mom i saw a picture i saw a picture of like our tree uh one one year like i don't know back in the 80s and i'm like what the hell possessed you to buy tinsel like what kind of trailer park trash are you there it is <laughs> The line in the sand is tinsel on your tree. You are garbage. <laughs> That's how you assess character. Pretty oh much. Oh my goodness. Well, what about in, in terms of content, like movies, streaming, like do they burn the boats and just leave the past behind? Like like Kylo Ren would insist? Or like do they try to keep their toes in different pools and tr keep trying to satisfy everybody? Because we know that older fans are still going to want some of that nostalgic stuff from the Skywalker saga. And as you bring in newer fans and newer generations who've not yet been introduced, hell, let's just wipe, give them a, a clean slate. So is, is like Skywalker stuff. I mean, we know with Kenobi and Mando season two and Andor, etc. Disney plus seems to be the place where they can put some of that Skywalker saga content. But what about, what about on the big screen? Like, do you just, we know that, or at least we think, we've, we've heard the rumors, 
Like, is it is that where you need to sort of get away from the Skywalker shadow on the big screen? Is is that where the new era has to be forged? I think that's the legacy of Ryan Johnson. It's going to be the legacy of Ryan Johnson once the dust settles. Um, is let the past die. I, I truly, truly believe that. So you're a burn the boats guy? Yeah. In all aspects. In all, that's also for people who love to live their lives with the nostalgia goggles. Bruce Springsteen hasn't been good in 20 years. Get over it. Oh, I would disagree on that. No. You could disagree. You could do whatever you want. It doesn't mean that you're right. No, of it's not. over. Look, I, I, I'm I'm of the bo- I'm of the uh, I'm of the school of uh, not everything old is good, and not everything new is bad. Okay, and the thing the thing about life is that change is inevitable. For sure. So change is good. I if think blow- I think stuff the quality of stuff now I think is better than. At least Absolutely. in terms of movies and and, and uh, television specifically, it's never been better. No, absolutely. Look, there, there's this, there's a, there is a love, especially with cinephiles. Okay, there's this love affair with with the things that happened in Hollywood after the 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 major studios collapsed. Okay, that whole studio system collapsed, and you got crazy movies uh, by great young directors. Uh, like you want to talk about uh, uh, Dog Day Afternoon and all this, these gritty type of 70s movies that didn't follow that that studio structure that kind of turned Hollywood on its head. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then in the in the 80s, corporations started coming back in and they started going with formulaic stuff and it was crap. And then the 90s came and that was still kind of crappy. But th- there were some gems that that poked through here and there. But now, um, people would, don't want to admit it because they have their heads so far up their colons that they can't smell anything besides the popcorn they had. That they don't—they're not able to understand that the strength of movie making today is the writing. There's not a movie today, a, a, a writer today that couldn't be transplanted into the '90s, into the '80s, and make a better movie. I'm sorry. That just it, they upped the game. Yeah, the, the the art of movie making evolved, like anything. Absolutely. So, Where? but but some people can't see that. Some people they they look through everything with their nostalgia glasses. It you could do that. I mean, you're allowed to do whatever you want. But that's how do you live your life? If you if you can't look forward because you're too busy looking back. I, I don't know. I I. I'm just not. I'm just not in that whole. I I don't look back fondly on the past, uh, for most things. Like I'm able, I'm able to say, oh, remember that? Oh yeah, Christmas when I was a kid was great. Yeah, but I remember the arguments. I remember the shitty gifts. I remember all kinds of other crap that that was around. Maybe it's. I don't know. You can't just look back on everything. And and say that everything back then was good, you know. It's it wasn't. It was crappy, man. There was so much garbage. But just because you grew up with it, you you can't look back on it and judge it accordingly. 
it's it's kind of su- it kind of sucks. You have that same parallel with when you talk to to people of of older than yourself about sports. Like, oh yeah, you should have seen hockey when in the seventies when I was a kid. Yeah, I've seen the tapes. Hockey players were terrible in the seventies. Oh, but you should have seen when my when I was a kid. The the teams of the fifties were so amazing. No, they weren't. They were even worse in the seventies. <laughs> you know, things get better. Like if you took any team from from today and put them back to play against those guys, they would probably literally kill them. Players today would would be all like the, a fourth liner today in 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 the NHL would be an all star easily in the seventies easily. Anyway, yeah, and and but again, like you know, talking about nostalgia, Star Wars is a is sort of a, a franchise that trades on it, right? And there's it, there's a powerful, I mean, that's that's why we kicked off this this last uh, trilogy the way we did with Force Awakens was just to reawaken that that sense in people that that was the whole thing of it. Sure, that, it some, and that that was the thing that I liked the least about it was what it, was its resemblance. To a new hope, and I, I feel it was unnecessary for them to yep. do that. Agree, it was unnecessary, and, and, and the people who loved it, who lo- it's funny. It's the same people who hate the Last Jedi. They they loved that that it was oh it was familiar and it was this it was that. It's like okay, why are you spending money to watch the same movie you have at home? <laughs> like, it, well, don't I get mean, me I'm wrong. Not, like, I it, I love that movie. I think they did an amazing job with it. But it, uh, I, I did too. It didn't pull it, any it had punches. Some of my fa- some of my favorite some of my favorite imagery of Star Wars comes from that movie. I'm I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying a lot of the elements are super similar. I get I get you, man. No, I'm but I, page. I, I'm saying I'm saying there's people who criticize them for doing that. I'm kind of on the same page. Like uh, I. I thought they could have been a little more original, but they wanted to uh, excite the fan base really and get people refamiliarized, like Kyle had said. Well, when you when you consider the 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 box office of this modern era and how Force Awakens is far and away the winner, it makes you wonder if if Lucasfilm takes that to heart and goes, "Well, that's what people want." Let's or the you know, there's some sort of mandate that's what the people want. Give them that. That that's the thing that works. And I think that would be a shame. Well, yeah, also would I, be because it would be folly for them to to be this major corporation. Like they have to know that this being the first film since they had bought the franchise was gonna uh, solicit mega money, man. Like it was gonna uh, invoke some kind of crazy like. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was gonna, it was bound to make money, no matter what kind of film it was. Uh, so it's just the but, fact yeah, that but it made not, money. You can't say like, oh, I guess this is what people want. It would have made money for sure. Was, like, but if it's it, very different, like Corey, like you so eloquently put last week, when they wiped their butts with George Lucas's ideas, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way. And we're going to talk about this in a future episode of Luminous Beings. We'll get into it deeper. But there, there is no doubt in my mind that the paying public would have allowed Lucasfilm to start this era with a new Star Wars trilogy and not use Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill. Zero chance. That, would, that movie would have 
I don't want to say flop, but it would have been met with a lot of scorn. Well, no way would they have been allowed to do that. I think George's treatments had something to do with the original characters. Yes. Yes. Those at least, at least Luke was in it and probably Han and Leia as well. Uh, he, he started working on his own episode seven as he was preparing to sell it to Disney. So he'd already spoken to those three and yeah, they, they would have been in it, but like the conversation of, and I think there's a valid conversation to have from a story standpoint is should they have, should this new era have just been 60 years in the future, a hundred years in the future? Like we don't even touch these characters. That's that that's they, tough to say. They never, and I don't want to get into it today, but they they never would have gotten away with that. You would have had millions of people saying, "How could you do this?" You've had Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill right there, and you didn't use them. And then, and, oh, then, and that's the thing. That's like a fan servicey thing. Like that's them appeasing someone for uh, in lieu of or for the sake of the story, really. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you're writing the story around these characters, whereas, like you said, it could have been a hundred years or whatever, and you know, maybe the, the balance or whatever could have lasted at least a century, something like that. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, uh, this I'm convinced of. I'm absolutely convinced of this. You guys tell me what you think, but there's no way, zero percent, that we will ever see a, a Star Wars saga. That spans forty-two years ever again. Never, never. I, I, I'll go, I hundred percent agree with you. I don't even think we'll see a story play out over twenty years ever again. Like zero percent chance. Like it, it just yeah, gets ten, 10's a big number. The MCU just said like, oh, the ten, ten years of what they culminated was uh, this huge thing, and yeah, that's kind it of, was. Don't that, get me wrong. That's but. kind of where I'm going. Like I think beyond that, like if if. If people have it in their heads that, well, maybe they can do like a story that stretches over 20 years and we can watch these characters grow. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Like it just, if we've learned anything with this episodes seven, eight, nine, and how people kind of integrate that to their Star Wars experience, like we're talking about like what, two, three, four generations of fans now. Like it gets, it gets too co-opted by different generations in different ways. It's too heavy and it's, there's too much emotional investment in it. And I, I think they're going to want to break down these sagas to these seven to ten year stretches. Like it, they'll they'll be long enough to become uh, part of like the the <clears throat> like the collective public consciousness, and lo- long enough that any specific saga can can be that generation's you know air quotes like definitive Star Wars story, like the way that Han, Luke, and Leia were for us, and uh, for for younger people it was Obi Wan. Anakin Padme, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think one of the unfortunate things of, of the sequel trilogy is that we've blown through it in five years. Yep. And it's, it's, and I, I'm convinced that uh, Lucasfilm just, I think they're almost in a way happy to be done with it. Like, let's just get past it. We're, we're done with this. Let's go, let's move. And let's put a bow on this, this saga and get out of here. And I think that's unfortunate because like there's some good characters in there, and yeah, there was some amazing, some real amazing potential. Don't get me wrong; like I love what they did, but there was a lot of potential there, and I could see how 
you could see how the studio was conflicted throughout production of all three films almost. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I think, I think looking at like a, a saga of five, maybe six, I think five would might be that, that number. Like that'll be the the number that they look at going forward for a saga, like substantial enough to be worthy of called being a, a saga, but it's still short enough that it won't accumulate the type of baggage that you pick up over 40 years. I'd like to see more than that, to be honest. You think five years and you get a film, you're almost looking at a film a year at that point. Well, f- like five, mo- five movies over 10 years. That's kind of the, yeah, there you go. 10 years. That's kind of where I'm thinking. So if like, if you're a seven year old in 2022, like my, my son will be seven, eight years old, but at that point, and if we if we stick with a, a you know for example a five year saga, he'll have grown up with these characters completely. He'll by the time he's they're done, he'll be an adult. He'll be a little he'll be a boy when they start and an adult when they end, and that will be his Star Wars for sure. And I wonder if that if that's kind of the way they look at it. But you know what you know what other franchise might Jurassic Park and uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter, that's another one, right? Like, they did eight movies in ten years, though. Like, that was crazy. But it might, you know, if they bring these characters back, say, in 15 years from now, that will be, uh, like, a 40-year franchise, you know? In a roundabout way, sure, yeah. And we, we are, I mean, if if we take Lucasfilm at their word, we're going to get more Ray, Finn, Poe stories. Although, the way, the way John Boyega's lobbing grenades out there, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> Oof, I love it. Whew, man. He's, he's within his right. They were so good. So good. Man, is he... Uh, he's not taking any crap, that's for sure. Anyway, how about that? That video, man. <laughs> Come on. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I'm not going Down near with that. toxicity. Not going near it. Not going near it. Really? Come on. The only bad thing you did was leave people's names on. But, you know, if you pass, like, I, I didn't read any of the tweets or the names or whatever. I don't care. But you got to have that uh, that meter of, okay, this is, this this passes the toxicity meter. So, yeah, you're on this video. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's at Chop Rules with a Z, everybody. <laughs> yeah, bring it. I don't care. At me. Whatever. <laughs> don't at me. Is, is that what they say? I don't care. <laughs> Corey's on you, Johnny. He's on a blocking spree. <laughs> Yeah, Johnny Boyega. It's true. Don't put up with any crap, man. I love the way he's just like swiping it away and lightsabering them. Like so good. <laughs> I'll laugh my ass off if it's actually him doing it. He's spending his wee hours of the morning editing these videos. Well, he definitely together. watched or paid someone to do it. If he didn't do it himself, he probably went on Fiverr or something and found some dude, continent and way just do it to do it for like thirty bucks. Either way, it was glorious. <laughs> Good for him. Okay, so one of the things I did, um, you know, as I was kind of thinking about some of the topics I wanted to hit on for this episode, um, the idea of Star Wars as sort of like this modern myth, right? Like that's a big, big deal um, as far as Star Wars goes. Um, so I, I ran a poll, very vague poll, and I just simply asked, Star Wars is... Myth first, fun second, or fun first, myth second. And I just threw that out there. No context. Uh, and answer it for, in whatever way that seemed fit to you. 
And you know, I just wanted to get a gauge as to what people think. And I thought the answer could be revealing as to what people want out of Star Wars. Because when I look at, at The Last Jedi and uh, The Rise of Skywalker, one was just packed with with mythology and, and symbolism and, and real deeper themes. And the other was, I, I would think it's fair to say, just more of a thrill ride. And I, I believe, and I don't really have any way to prove it, but I think there's probably uh, a trend that those who love The Last Jedi don't like The Rise of Skywalker and vice versa. And I, there's a big fat middle part where, like us, I love both. <laughs> yep. Anyway, among the two polls, I got like 330 votes. So it's not the hugest sample, but it's not nothing. But it was really close. 52.7% said fun first, myth second. 473 said myth first. Like that's crazy tight poll. And it, it kind of swung back and forth until it just ended. And it, there's no right or wrong answer to it. It's it, I just wanted to get an idea of what of what people were thinking. And I got like people answering me and saying, and like vehemently saying, no, it's this first, it's that. And it's, it's gotta be this. And it's like, people, people have strong takes. And I just, I wonder what Lucasfilm's take is. Well, look, I, I think it's innate or inherent in the question in and of itself, star Wars, you are bound to be thrilled. There is going to be action. It's a star Wars, you know, it's a star war, man. Like that's built into it. That's where I feel the mythology comes to the fore and really kind of helps to push the story along. It's very uh, – for me, it's very important But because you know, I, I don't necessarily know what I want. I, I would take it if it's a film all about mythology. But just like Indiana Jones, very big on mythology and all this stuff but huge on action as well. You know, like it's a Star Wars, man. Like it's well, I mean, almost redundant. The answer is both. It's 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 both. I mean, Star Wars yeah. isn't Star Wars if you don't have equal measures of both. But one's one's you know right there in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's going to be action. Yeah, I mean, when you're a kid, you know, whatever, seven, eight, ten years old, getting into Star Wars, it hooks you because it's spaceships and lightsabers and blasters and the effects, and you're just like slack jawed by it all. But then, like the there's the, also the emotion as well. Yeah, but I think the, the, a lot of it goes over your head as a kid. Like I don't know if you you don't really get no, the weight of it as a kid. No, that the, the, that's the whole point is that the, the the myth was a byproduct of the success of Star Wars. Well, it's no, funny. I, no, George we, Lucas built and wrote the stories on. No, he, he, he studied this shit. He re- he went out to create. The the uh, to update myth with Star Wars, so he, he he baked it in. It's especially with the New Hope, like it it really in- incorporates everything from from uh, you know the, the hero's journey and, and just sort of redefining the the American monomyth. Like it's it was in the script from the beginning. He just gave no, it no, that no. pulpy twist. Uh, no, no, I understand that, but what I what I'm trying to say is if the movie isn't successful there's no there's no uh need for lucas to come back and create more of a backstory and to uh really 
Oh, for sure. They really make a universe out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt. There's so yeah, this universe is huge, man. There's no way even, you know, you watch documentaries nowadays and he's even him, he's like, I I never thought it would have ever been anything what it is and how big it is. So Corey, I mean, what do you think? I mean, these new Star Wars movies, the 2022 series, for example, do they go back to, do they break out the mythology books again and see how they can weave that through a new Star Wars movie? Or do they find some other way to make it, uh, I mean, the great thing about Star Wars, especially the, the, the first movies, is that it's timeless. I think like when, again, like when we were young, it's the holy shit nature of it all. Look at this, the, this grand spectacle in front of my face, the music and all that stuff. But I mean, as you get older, I think it's, it's, it's the timeless story that keeps you coming back. So what do they do with these next movies? Like, do they find more myths to sort of bake into the DNA of the movie or let it go? And I don't know if you get, can they let it go and, and just do something different? I don't know how different. I think it's always got to have some with what the essence of Star Wars is. No, I don't necessarily. I think that's kind of really love and hope. But in the long run, the movies themselves, they can still have that feel to them no matter what era or whatever they play in. I kind of love the tropes. I love what you said, Carl, about the these the storytelling. It's just redone in a galaxy far, far away. It's uh, – it's stories we know and we're familiar with, but like the Mandalorian as an, as an example, every single chapter I was familiar with by the end of it. You know what I mean? When you see the story and like, Oh, I've, it, I've read that story in another story. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's very, very, very familiar, which I really, really, really like. But at the same time, I think, you know, they can't do redo the themes like, uh, it can't be the last saga where uh, democracy is at stake and this and that. They got to have a new MacGuffin, but there's got to have certain elements that are the same. And the essence of Star Wars, whatever those elements are, to carry them through in the new era. But uh, definitely some similar elements, but not so much as to, again, regurgitate what we just saw. It's got to be new, fresh, but familiar still. Even if it's in a whole new <laughs> there you different go. generation. There you go. New and fresh, but still familiar. I don't think that's hard to do, though. I think it's oh. the writing. You know, uh, okay, it could be hard to do, but dude, when you're paid that much money and you, you're in a think tank. Uh, what do you think they've been people, doing for the last five years? They're going to knock it out of the park. And I have full faith in them for being able to, you know, do that. But I think the writing says that all, these people know somewhat of the formula you know a bit of humor a sprinkle of this there you know like it's yeah but you would assume they would know that for this trilogy as well and look where we are this trilogy i have to say was a bit of uh a bit of a tire fire in the sense that they're honing in they just got their hands on the company right they've had a few animated shows now they got the live action but they're really took some chances with this like carlos said earlier like the force awakens is so predictable and it's basically uh, 
a regurgitation of a new hope in a, in a different way. And like you said, Kyle, it, it was meant to refamiliarize everybody with it and keep us in that warm, fuzzy, cozy place that we know. But then so drastically, they took us out of that element and brought us into the last Jedi, which was just a complete 180, you know, which is something I love in film. And, you know, just, whoa, like you're spinning me about like for dipsy do. And I, I love it, man. But it kind of almost backfired on them. So it puts them in a bit of a predicament in that sense that maybe they should have started like that and not been so conservative. Uh, they should have been more bold. Yeah, they should have been a little more bold in their storytelling. So of to be, really make it their own because they tried to do that in the second film and it kind of backfired. And it seems like they backtracked a bit in the third. It backfired how? Because... People like it, it kind of split fandom. I, I think The Force Awakens had its critics, and yes, there was this and that about going on. But once The Last Jedi came out, it was like a complete dumpster fire, like we just said. You know, like people were like, No, it's it's this, it's that, it's horrible, it's great, I hate you, wow, I'll kill you. I, I don't know how to make sense of what happened because when you look at the drop off. Like when you look at the like again to go to box office, when you look at the drop between Empire to a new from a new hope, it's virtually the same as from Last Jedi to Force Awakens. And again, not to get too deep into this, we'll talk about this in further depth at some point. But like percentage wise, it was virtually the same. Like, but it was a very they're both very different films, you know. Like a lot of people were maybe back in the day, like uh, in the documentary I just seen on. The, the new Disney streaming, you know, like a lot of people were thinking like, oh, Star Wars 2, like whatever it is, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very familiar, but very different, man. Very different film. Yeah, like the lowest grossing movie of the of the OT is Empire. That's incredible. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that that said... The Rise of Skywalker cro- cracked the top fifty all time, and it's ju- it's eleven million shy of a billion. So it's another cinematic failure. Like I don't know what they're gonna do with all these billions of dollars. It's just yeah, it's and, sad. Well, see the the thing with <clears throat> the, the Rise of Skywalker box office is that it, it'll cross a billion, and objectively it is. A huge amount of money and any any i bet you there's there's many studios who would love to have their movie any movie get to a billion dollars but i think a movie can still make a shit ton of money like this and still not meet expectations which i think is the case with rise of skywalker yeah big time like all it only made like 1.1 billion sorry and again that's still a that's a massive hit but when you look at star wars movies they go. They start high. They dip, and then they bounce back. That's happened with the OT. It happened that way with the prequels. You could have expected the same thing to happen here, except Rise of Skywalker is not even going to get back to Last Jedi levels. And again, I don't want to get into the reasons why. We'll we'll delve into that again at some point in the future. But it says something. I just don't know what it says. One film was better than the other. <laughs> depending on who you ask you asking audiences you asking critics 
I was just saying by the money judging. Whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, these future movies. I. You know. I. I still. I do think whether they they bake in myth or not. Um. I. I do think it needs to have sort of that. It, they need to maintain that like the high fantasy weirdo whiz bang adventure stuff. Like that's got to be there. Like, yeah, I, that's it. I like I like what you said there. Whiz bang adventure stuff and the and the comedy. It's got. It can't take itself too seriously from that aspect. Like I don't want Star Wars on the big screen to try and be what Dune will probably be, or what Blade Runner feels like, or you know, even Star Trek. And I'm not. That's I'm not criticizing any of those movies. Like I own a bunch of them. I'll probably own Dune at some point when it comes out. No, it's true. It's like they've carved out their own little niche. Like that's those are those are, it, those are that's hard sci-fi. And that's that's fine for those movies. That's not Star Wars. I don't want Star Wars to kind of go down that path. I want it to to feel uplifting and hopeful and and weird and it, just like those the, the the Flash Gordon stuff that Lucas was going after. I hope they keep that. If anything, just keep that. You know, like, I don't know if if it's a space soap opera, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like they got to find a way to retain that spirit without engaging in like in in mimicry. And Corey, you talked about you know hopes, uh, themes of hope and and redemption and love and family and all that stuff. The, you talked about the fall of democracy. I you know I I hope they don't really go back to those in any. Yeah, uh, certain ones, redemption and democracy and stuff like that. But love and hope, I think, is going to be a some. Yeah, there will be. There's some that are universal. That you can always put in there, like love can be many different things. Um, but yeah, there's there's got to be other themes that they look to bake into the movies at at a certain point. Like, I hope it's not. I hope the next saga is not a family soap opera. You know what I mean? I don't want that to be the Johnson family. <laughs> this is a saga of Star Wars movies. Like, don't need it. You're just that would be to me just like another reskinning of the Skywalkers. Anyway, uh, lastly here, guys, before we wrap it up, like how how important do you think it might be to like level the playing field so that new fans coming like just just level it so that all of us are kind of at ground zero. What do you think, Carlos? Is it important for us to like? For Lucasfilm to intentionally set out to sort of wipe clean our expectations. Um, yes, it's uh, well. I think there's a there's a personal responsibility on everyone to uh, be able to temper their own expectations. Personal responsibility. Um, Star Wars fandom? Come on! <laughs> well, humanity in general. <laughs> and uh, so there's a subsect of that that are Star Wars fans. But uh, did they... Sh- I think they should make that a conscious effort. I don't think it's incumbent upon them to do that. Um, but uh, it would be, I think, a nice gesture. But at the same time, you're for some people, it's just going to be in vain because no matter what they do, 
Mm-hmm. It'll never, it'll never be enough because mommy didn't hug them enough. Wait, there's, there's always going to be the lunatic fringe. That, <laughs> that's what I call people that just exist at the edges, where they will dedicate their, they, they dedicate their lives to tearing something down that they claim to love. Yeah, Those, these are lunatics. You know you're out there. But I, I would almost go as far as to say that they, like, they should. I don't know how uh, any of this. What do you think, Corey? A blank slate would work, and I think I'd love that, man. Like I think Duke mentioned it many times. Like let's get out of this modern era and just do something totally new. It doesn't mean we can't still play in this sandbox that we know and love and we're so familiar with. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Blank slate. I, I'm all for it, man. Like let's let's try something new. Yeah, I agree. I I'm totally on that that bandwagon. It's it's time to pack it up. It's time to I would say for these new movies, I don't want to see the name of one character that I recognize. Not one. No, I agree. I'm third. I don't want Yoda to be in these movies. I know he's alive. Don't oh. want it. I don't want to I don't want to see him in this. And it's going to be hard to get around that. And that's why I'm like, I, I, I wish they'd have gone back f- much further before his birth. Cause I, I don't see, I'm not sure they're going to resist the temptation of doing these movies and not having Yoda involved. I think they can do it, man. It's going to be an isolated story, a bit of a long form storytelling. Like, uh, you know, hopefully it's multiple movies, but I'm all for it, man. You can build a, a really restricted or different story and an isolated one, just keep it away from like the central planets kind of, you know? Well, I, I hope so. I mean, and again, maybe this 2022 movie is not even part of a, a, a greater saga. Maybe it is a standalone to some degree to keep the motor running while they do sort themselves out. Who knows? I don't know. I have no idea. I, but I, I do think, I really do think that they need to, make some effort to sort of start over from zero just because I, I think I, I think we all kind of this this fandom does need sort of a, a good colon cleansing <laughs> yeah it's it but like a, again you're, you're never even once the casting calls go out and you know rumors start hitting the haters are gonna hate man probably anyway um there's a there's a, a view of uh our view sort of, of of what we see Star Wars doing now and how it could move forward. Uh, we would love to know what you guys out there think. What is your view of Star Wars for the future? Themes, myths, forget it, bring it in, all that stuff. Let us know what you think. You can reach us. If you want to send us an email, we'll answer your questions. Tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Uh, you can also help us out by sharing this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review. It's been a long time since we've had a review to read on the show. So uh, get on that wagon, do that on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, or you can do like Stephen did and join us on Patreon and become a powerful friend where we're pumping out uh, some exclusive content, great content with Sith Disturbers and Luminous Beings and all the stuff we do there. Come check that out at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And let's give a shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode of the podcast, as well as many others, including The Nerd Room and some other fine, fine podcasts. You can find more about that 
at emotionally14.com and tell them tell them tell them that we sent you. And then be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We have a bunch of great shows, eight of them to be exact. Everybody's doing something a little different, but doing it really well. Uh, so if you want more Star Wars in your podcast feed, go check out Star Wars Commonwealth on Apple Podcasts. We're there as a podcast provider, so all of the network shows are going to be listed together. And uh, you can find our base on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. So guys, without all that out of the way, Carlos, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the funny Carlos or C Candido music. Uh, and you can check out everything else on carloscandidomusic.com. Over to you, Corey. Cool. 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 All right. You can hit me up at chop rules with a Z on the Twitter machine. And uh, yeah, that's about it. If not, just join us in our closed, safe and cozy Facebook group. Come join us there. It's a lot of fun in that group and it's going to, only get funner as Project Luminous draws closer. We get news for that. Clone Wars is on its way back. Good time still ahead, even though there's no movie on the horizon for a long time. So come check it out. It's at Tumbling Saber, a closed group on Facebook. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Tumbling Saber. And uh, that's going to do it. Again, tumblingsaber at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us. Uh, so that's it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode and, and our chat on the future of Star Wars. Uh, again, let us know what you think. And uh, we'll talk to everybody again next week. Thank you all so much for listening, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams fall away Signs blindly to the lines on your face Beating strong Drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. breathing if only to see you next to me sleeping soundly smiling not really this dream over and over
Those walls you build is all for me And I Become The man I want to be Your love And your own Please don't leave my heart broken And bleeding Now you're running Now you're running away Are you running away?